Thank you, Brother Brian. Turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter number one. I enjoy spirit-filled singing. And uh, I say, well, you know, those old songs, you know, we, if you don't go contemporary, you just can't get the spirit. Well, I'm not looking for that kind of spirit. I'm looking for the Holy Spirit. And uh, I enjoy uh, songs that have that message. And uh, when the Holy Spirit speaks to the Holy Spirit, Spirit it dwells within us. It's always a blessing. Jeremiah chapter number one. Of course, tonight we are uh, having a baby dedication at the end of the service, and I'll say more about uh, the significance of that. Um, so I want to bring a message that certainly will tie into that. Um, but I think it's a good message for all of us tonight. Some very practical things for us to remember. And so I don't intend on preaching very long due to the fact that we have the things at the end of the service, but um, however the Spirit leads is where we'll go with that. But um, Jeremiah chapter number 1, we'll read verse, begin with verse number 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations." Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Very familiar passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. And I want to use these verses tonight. And, of course, we're reminded in this day and age we live in with uh, these horrendous things that have taken place in our, our nation. Uh, the fact that we have elected officials that would vote for you to be able to murder a child. Uh, it's, it's, been ba it's murder whether it's in the womb or out of the womb. Uh, but to be so barbaric that after a child is born, we can kill it. That's satanic. Uh, let me say it again. It's satanic. It's demonic. And, and tonight, um, I believe it's good for us just to be reminded of some things, but I want you to... Notice four words in verse number five. Uh, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou, before thou camest forth, notice these next four words, out of the womb. I want to focus on those four wor words tonight. <clears throat> It'll take me a little while to get there in the message. But I want you to uh, listen to some very practical things. Won't be anything new tonight. But I believe some things that we need to be reminded of. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll just meet with us. It's already been a sweet, sweet service. What a sweet spirit is in this place. And Father, we certainly want your presence. We want your spirit to move among us. And Father, I pray that for the next few minutes as I give the message that you've placed on my heart, may the Holy Spirit of God enable me, empower me. May we as listeners be ready to hear what the Spirit has for us. And Father, I pray that we'll be reminded of some things tonight, but yet see... There's still some important work for us to do. Father, I pray that you'll bless our evening. May it be a special night. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah was a great Old Testament prophet. He was a unique Old Testament prophet. Jeremiah had a ministry given to him by God that I don't think any preacher would want to have. Uh, his responsibility was to preach and nobody would listen. Well, come to think of it, I have a lot with Jeremiah, in common with Jeremiah. He wouldn't have a convert. He wouldn't have a high day. Uh, matter of fact, uh, God would use him 
to preach and give the truth. And the people would deny it. They would reject it. Uh, they would mock it. They would scoff at it. If you read the book of Jeremiah, there wasn't a lack of pastors. But there was a lack of true men of God who would preach the truth. We come to the beginning of the life of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, as God began to lay the task out in front of him, God had to remind him, like he reminds all of us, that uh, God is in control. God has a special plan for us. So we find some key things in the life of Jeremiah that I want to point out. <clears throat> Let's look again uh, in verse number 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Let me first of all say, all life comes from God. God reminded Jeremiah, I formed thee. Uh, God is the giver of life. That's why no man has the right to take life. Because man is not the giver of life. Uh, that's why, and, and many of us, we would, uh, I, I certainly know what it's like to, to bury, a, bury a loved one in an untimely manner. And, and I can question and say, I just don't, but God's the giver of life. God is the one who can take life. We need to be reminded that all life comes from God. I mentioned just a moment ago how, how vile and wicked it is. Uh, to even have a discussion about abortion, the fact that somebody wants to justify. And I'll just bring this coming into light, and I'll tie in a lot of my teaching I taught you last year, the emerging church. If you're paying attention to the news, how so many of these emerging churches are now starting to come out and side on the, on the, on the, on the, on the uh, align themselves on the side of a woman's right to choose. That's because they both have the same author. They both have the same head. And that's Satan himself. See, all life comes from God. There is no unplanned pregnancies when it comes to God. God's the giver of all life. Hey, if, if, you're, if you're behind the times, this is, a, this is a church, just to give you up to date, that believes God is the creator of all things. Man did not evolve. Man did not come about. God is the creator. Uh, but let me say, say, remind us that all, if, if all life comes from God, all life is precious. All life is important. He says, I formed thee. Think about that. God gave you life. It's a precious gift. Each day we have in our life is a precious thing. It is a gift from God. Oftentimes we focus on I don't have this talent or I don't have this ability, but if you have another day to live, you have the most precious thing that God has given outside of His own Son, and that's life. As I move through the outline tonight, let me say statement number two. Every life is planned by God. I said number one, all life comes from God. He said, I form thee a scripture we were reminded, I, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest, camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He said, I sanctified thee, I set thee apart. I designed a life. In the case of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was questioning his call, questioning what he was supposed to do. And this task God had put in front of him and God reminded him, before you were ever born, number one, I gave you life. I formed thee. I sanctified thee. I gave you a plan. I designed a life for you to live. I've often said it like this. 
God does not allow a life to come into existence and then say, okay, I've got to figure out a plan for that life. I, I firmly believe that God designs a plan and then, then it gives an individual a life to fulfill that plan. And if you're here tonight, and it's kind of obvious, you should know whether or not you're here tonight. Uh, there may be a few exceptions to that. But God's given you life, and God has a plan for your life. I say, well, the best days are behind me, Pastor, or or I've wasted many, many years. Well, if you're here, uh, look ahead. You may have one day, you may have ten years, you may have a lot of life ahead of you, but whatever life you have, God has a plan for your life. That's why we're to look to Him. That's why it's important for us to follow the Word of God. It's up to us to to, to get in the Word of God and get in our prayer closet and say, God, show me the life that I'm supposed to live. Now, some things we don't have to pray about because God has already spoken on. And if we'll just get busy doing the will of God that we know that God has told us to do, along the way, He will instruct us and He will guide us. Uh, He'll give us a pastor to help us discern. Uh, The the Holy Spirit of God will help us find our way in, in fulfilling the will of God for our life. I think one thing that that's one thing that the devil uses in the life of a Christian. Well, there's nothing that I can do for him. If you still think that, you've missed our Wednesday night services recently. There is something that you can do for God. Well, I just don't know what it is. You get with your God and and have His leadership in discovering what it is that you can do for the Lord. There's a whole bunch of things in this book that He says that we can do for Him to bring honor and glorify Him. Every life is planned. In just a few moments, we'll have... Several children dedicated to the Lord by their parents. God planned every one of their lives. I have three children and one in heaven. And the same God that planned the three children that I have here, the same God that planned the short eight and a half months of my daughter Amanda. God planned that. Every life is planned by God. Oftentimes we say, oh, what a tragedy. From the human standpoint, it is a tragedy. But from God's standpoint, it's a fulfillment of the life that He planned. It's a success. See, God has a plan for every individual. Now, my challenge to you tonight, Christian, is not just for the parents that will come in just a few moments and pray and try and seek the will of God on behalf of their children. It's for every child, every parent, every child, every adult, every Christian, every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church. God has given you life, and here we are. God has a plan for your life. My question for you tonight, are you fulfilling the plan that God has for your life? It is a sad and a tragic thing for an individual to reject salvation. Oh, one of the most heartbreaking things is for somebody to admit their need of salvation and and admit they know they need a Savior and know the consequences of not choosing Christ and then to reject Him. There is nothing more tragic than an individual rejecting Christ as their Savior. I believe the thing right behind that is a Christian saved and on their way to heaven, not fulfilling the plan that God has for their life. Number one, I said all life comes from God. 
Number two, every life is planned by God. And that's why, let me just, let me just, let me just say before I move to number three, that's why nobody gets to play God with life. Because God has a plan. Well, this person, you know, we have some responsibility we ought to take as an individual. Uh, but, but there's so many instances in the Bible where there was tragedy and there's heartache. And out of that, God used a life because God has a plan. Let me say number three. Every life has potential. Verse five again, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Watch verse 6. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. We know what he says in verse 7. Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Uh, Jeremiah, he had not done it yet, but what was he? He was potential to do it. And God had a plan for him, and it was up to him to fulfill that plan. Uh, One of the wonderful things about the work of God is to see another generation and the potential that they have to serve God. Hey, Christian, you may not have been saved before a short time, but you have potential of what you can do for God. We have a lot of young people in the service uh, this evening. I want to remind each and every one of them, you are potential for for doing something for God. The babies in the nursery say, what are they? Right now, uh, they're just spoiled and they make a big mess. But oh, it won't be very long. You'll be able to see the potential that they have for the Lord. Every one of us have potential for the Lord. I want to reach my potential for God. And oftentimes, uh, we will use whatever excuses. We used the the, the Sunday school lesson this morning was on excuses of, of, well, I was saved later in life, or or I was away from God and I, I came back. Hey, you're here now. You're saved. You're in the house of God. You have potential that you can do for the Lord. There's something that you can do that the pastor cannot do. There's something you can do that nobody else can do for God. You have a plan that God has specifically designed for you. Nobody else can rear your children. Nobody else can be the example for your grandchildren. Nobody else is going to be able to be the witness at the job site that you can be. Nobody else is going to have an opportunity to win that relative of yours like you can. You have something that only you can do. You have potential for the Lord. Could you imagine if every member of Emmanuel Baptist Church determined to reach their potential for God? This church is an above average church. This church is a blessed church. This church is making a difference. See, how do you know that we're making a difference? Well, we see the fruits of, of God's blessings, but we also see how easy it is for us to, to stir up the devil. But could you imagine if every member said, I want to reach my potential? Could you imagine if everyone who named the name of Christ realized and accepted the fact that God had a plan for them and said, let me reach my potential? Parents, you have your children still at home Your goal is not for them to make a lot of money one day. It's for them to reach their potential. Now, if they happen to make a lot of money, let's make them good tithers and members of Emmanuel Baptist Church. That's that's not their goal. Be the best person that they can be for the Lord. I said, number one, all life comes from God. Everybody with me? Every life is planned by God. 
every life is potential. And here's the point of the message that I want to make, building on those three thoughts that every life comes from God. What a gift of life. Every life is planned by God. We can never say God doesn't care about us. We ought to all feel very special because, first of all, God sent His only begotten Son to shed His blood, pay our sin debt so that we wouldn't have to spend eternity in hell. That's pretty special right there. If we got nothing else, we could never complain. It'd be a wonderful thing just to be able to say, I am washed by the blood of, that, of the spotless lamb. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. I am sealed unto the day of redemption. If we never got to brag about anything else, that's an awful lot to brag about right there. But on top of that, before this world was ever fashioned, God had you in mind. He decided to give you life. He decided to have a plan for you, a way for you to serve Him, a way for you to please Him. He designed all of that. He planned all of that. What a great gift. And everyone has potential. We look at the child and we say, what potential? You can be 70 years old tonight and you still have potential for God. There is still a life to live. There is still something that you can do. But building on all of that, I want to make this point and we'll be done. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, verse 5 contains a lot. It contains much of what we've already said tonight. God reminds Jeremiah that while he was in the womb, he gave him life. While he was in the, the womb, he formed him. While he was in the womb, he reminded him there was a plan. He was sanctified in that womb. He was set apart. God had designed a plan for him. He was going to, he was potential. We see those words out of the womb. And here's the fourth statement I'll make, and it's my message tonight. Children need help when they're out of the womb. Well, we can sit back and it makes pretty good preaching to say, hey, God, God gives us life, and He did. Wait, God has planned our life, and God has allowed us to have potential. But Jeremiah came out of the womb, and my challenge to all of us tonight is, is to be reminded God is the giver of life, and every child that wanders these halls, and, and every child that, that runs you over, coming to shake the pastor's hand during handshake in town, they have potential for God. But out of the womb, they still need a mom and dad that loves God. What a wonderful thought. That before that child is born, we know that God gave that life. God has a plan. God has designed a plan for their life. What, what, a, what an awesome thought. What an awesome thing to think about. But out of the womb, they still need a church. Out of the womb, they still need a pastor. Out of the womb, they still need grandma and grandpa or whatever names you have now. They still need them to seek the throne of God on their behalf. Friend, we can rejoice and we can, we can, we can, we can stand on the fact that God is the giver of life and we should. 
Oh, we can preach and we can say amen to the fact that God has a plan. But it's one thing to take a stand and say God is the giver of all life. It's another thing for a people to be what they're supposed to be. When that child comes out of the womb, they need to be taught the word of God. Out of the womb, they need an example. Out of the womb, uh, they need a, a Christ-like mom and dad. Out of the womb, we have got to determine that once God gives them life, we are going to be what we need to be. So they can reach their potential. It starts with the parents. Say, well, sometimes it's mom, sometimes it's dad. I'm by myself. You still can help them. It's up to you to help them. It starts with the parents. Think about it. It's so, it's so, I try and think back to when we had our first child and then I try and forget it because uh, uh, it's all a blur anyway. And, and you, you think back to that and you, you see these new parents, they have that first child and it's just like, oh, enjoy that. It's just getting started. But there's a responsibility. I remember when our daughter Alyssa was born. At that instant, things that matter didn't matter anymore. At that instant, things that didn't matter mattered. I liked guys before she was born. God gave me all daughters. I don't trust any of them. (laughs) Don't like any of them. But what an awesome responsibility. I don't understand parents who don't realize the importance of rearing their children in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. I don't understand it. I don't understand parents who won't determine to have a Christian home. Oh, it'll work out. Think about this. Think about this. God gave your child life. God allowed that child to be brought into your home. In that womb, God formed them. God fashioned them. And we're thankful we, he formed that child to look a little bit more like mom than he did dad. And we're, we're, we're thankful for that. He, he formed them. And while you'll spend a lifetime watching and waiting and wondering and praying, what is it that God has for them? God already knows. Think about the, that, the, the awesomeness of what we're talking about. Then God entrusts that potential, mom and dad, with you. God has given them life. God has given them uh, an opportunity. God has given them, uh, He's fashioned a plan for them. And then He gives mom and dad the opportunity uh, to be a part when they're out of the womb in rearing them the right way, making sure they're pointed in the right direction. What an awesome thought and an awesome responsibility that God would grant us the care of this precious life. Mom and dad, we have a great responsibility. It starts with the parents, but it continues with the pastor. One of the joys I have as a pastor is the children, being around the children, building a bond with them. They don't even have to like mom and dad anymore. I enjoy it, the handshaking time, all the kids. All the kids come running down and Bill, and, and they, they all shake, shake, shake my hand. And 
Boy, I enjoy that. I enjoy sticking my head in a nursery before and, and all the kids, oh, pastor, pastor, pastor. It starts with parents, but it continues with a pastor. Oh, parents, point your kids to the pastor. Point your parent, point your kids, you know, kids, point your parents to the pastor too. That would be a, that would, that would be a big help. That would solve a whole lot of problems right there. Uh, it's a heavy responsibility as a pastor. Brings me great joy to see generations in the same church. Uh, it continues with the pastor. But beyond that, it's, it may help, it may, responsibility may fall on even others. Not everyone has a saved mom and dad. Not everyone has a mom and dad who will bring them, every child to church. That's why our ministries are so important. That's why this church is so important. That's why we got to continue to move forward by faith because there's so many children. We'll never know what it's like to have somebody say, I love you. Unless it's a Sunday school teacher. Unless it's a bus worker. Unless it's somebody that'll make sure they're in the house of God. It doesn't change the fact that God gave them life. It doesn't change the fact that God has a plan for them. It just means when they come out of the womb, somebody has got to help them fulfill the potential that God has for them. Somebody's got to help them fulfill that will. How do we do that? By an example. Some of you would say, Pastor, this is a wonderful sermon. I wish I'd heard it 30 years ago when I was rearing my children. My children are gone. I promise you, there's some little child that watches you. There's some little child that looks to you. There's some little child that they don't even know your name. It's, they describe you to mom and dad. And that what a description that would be in some cases. And, and, but they, they see you and they know you and, and, and they look to you. You don't even know that you're an example to them. What a responsibility to think that some child that has life that God has given them, some child that has potential that God has given them, some child that He has set apart to do a specific plan would look to you and I as an example. Oh, we get weary in our well-doing. We wonder if there's any, any, any part that we can have. You can be an example to others. You can be an example to somebody else's child. Here's something that we all can have a part in, prayer. We fail in the area of prayer. I wonder how many would make it if we spent less time talking about how they didn't make it after they didn't make it and more time talking to God on their behalf before they didn't make it. So, Pastor, my, 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 I reared my children the best I could, and maybe they didn't turn out, or maybe one of them didn't turn out. Well, why don't you pray for somebody else's child? Don't stop praying for yours. Well, why don't you pray for somebody else's? 
Pray, 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 pray that somebody else will make it. Pray that somebody else will uh, reach their potential for the Lord. We can pray and we can support them along the way. The generation, the next generation that comes up is going to need to be reminded that God is real. God is alive. The old time religion is far from dead. There's a God that's above every problem. There's a God above every circumstance. There's a God that loves them. There's a God that has designed them. There's a God. So what do you, Pastor, what would you want for these, our young people? I want them to know that they're special to God. God sent his son to pay their sin debt. But God has a plan. So I'm just, I, 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 I'm, I'm nobody, Pastor, not to somebody. Not to somebody. You're everybody's world to somebody. There's some, we say, oh, God's the giver of life. Well, are you going to be the help for when they're out of the womb? That the leadership, the example, what a responsibility we have as parents. Before your child was born, God formed them. God gave them life. God set them apart. He knows why he put them here. Often we'll wonder as they grow, God, why in the world did you put them here? Why are they stubborn and why do they have... Well, there's an old saying... I couldn't find it in the Bible, but the acorn don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> what a responsibility we have. Every generation has a responsibility. Mine are grown, still have a responsibility. In some cases, your responsibility is to your own grandkids. Be an example. Pray for them. Say, well, well, well my, my children, it, maybe, it's, maybe, it's a, maybe it's one, maybe it's, I, I, I don't know. I know it's a heavy burden when it's the case. Say, I, I just, I, I don't, you might be the only hope of their salvation. You've got to stay right with God so that you can be the example. You could pray. What a responsibility we have. What an awesome thought. God gave you life. Those of us who are parents, whether your children are grown or not, God trusted you with another life. Too many parents are raising them for their own pleasure. Too many parents are worried about what grandma and grandpa think, Aunt Susie, what somebody else in the church is going to think. No, you rear your children according to the Word of God so they might reach their potential. I remember this building brings back so many memories of when my family first came almost right across the street. And my father was the pastor. I remember running around the building a lot like these little kids do. Many of you remember. I didn't run. I I jogged, I walked fast, whatever. But you had no idea that I'd be standing here as your pastor one day. Oh, you grew up in a preacher's home. You know who preacher's kids look to? Layman. I've often wondered these kids running around here, and it, 
I might break down weeping to, th- to even say this and think about it. One of them might be the next pastor of this church. Not weeping because I'm overwhelmed, but that, that, that one of them might be the next pastor of this church. <laughs> be very slow to judge. Be very slow to dismiss. Well, as I look around the building, I'm reminded as I see faces, I'm reminded of so many that have grown up in this church and now they're out serving the Lord. They're pastoring. They're deacons. They're Christian school teachers. They're missionaries. Now as another generation comes up, we have a responsibility that when God gives them life and they come out of that womb, there needs to be a church that will help them. There needs to be mom and dad who will say, I'm going to stay close to God for no other reason so that my children know what it's like to grow up in a Christian home. It's much better for kids to hear mom and dad praying than mom and dad fighting. Much, much better. Let's realize our responsibility, church. Let's realize our responsibility. Mom and dad, there's, you don't know what God has for your child. You don't know. Let's be faithful. Father, I pray that you'll take this simple truth and allow it to be applied to our hearts. Father, I pray.